Welcome back to the Wake Up and Be Wealthy show. This is going to be like, I'm just going to call it one of my favorite episodes. So I am here with one of the coolest humans all the way from Hawaii, Richie. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> what up? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so nice to me. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be a ton of fun. <laughs> it is. So, so we're, we're talking how to anti-time manage. Like well, it's well, going to be... We're gonna have fun, but I wanted you to teach me how to how to dye my hair cool colors like yours. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I really want. That's why I'm really here. <laughs> it's so much easier than you think, especially since you have uh, blonde hair. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. really easy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We could even do like rainbow colors. Nice, it would I be, love it. Let's do it. It'll be perfect. <laughs> so you actually have a book out for sale. Where can people buy that? That it's called anti-time management. And you know, everyone likes to buy things from Amazon. So you can definitely get it there. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can get it at Target and Walmart, by the way. Uh, it's available now. It, it will, you know, be mailed to you later. It's on pre-sale, but, uh, but it's available right now. Anti-time management. Yes. Thank you. I love that. So what inspired you to come up with that title, write a book all on that? So I wrote a book a while ago called The Power of Starting Something Stupid. And it did it did well. Like Brene Brown did a whole blog post about it and like it, it blew up. And it's in like 10 different languages. And uh, ever since then, people come to me with their so-called stupid idea, right? And I realized that people would start something, let's just say it's some, something random. But I realized really quick, they didn't want the thing they said they were creating. They didn't want the business they were creating. They wanted what they thought would come from that business becoming successful. Does that make sense? It does. (laughs) So people will start something to get something else, but they'll never incorporate the something else because they think it's many steps to get there. Mm. So this book, Anti-Time Management, addresses that, how you can, instead of just endlessly walking down this path of, of of strengthening your habits, why not create a habitat that your habits can protect? Why not build the castle and then the moat? Why can't your professional priorities support your personal priorities instead of spending all your time at work and having only a little bit of time for your family on the fringe? So I, it's, a, it's, it's a reversal of everything we've been taught about time management, and it works. <laughs> it works like magic. It's such a whole new way of thinking about it. It's kind of like tripping me up right now in the best way possible because everyone that I work with in the wealthy queen movement is busy she has kids she may have a day job she's trying to leave the day job she's trying to build a business she may be at seven figures and now she's like I have all this money but I don't have the time um and so I think our world is so programmed to be busy so what would you say to that for the woman that is just so stressed out and so busy but once to live her life. First, I'd say, don't feel guilty. You're doing what, what you got to do. Right. Mm. Also, I'd say you're a responsible person. So regardless of how we spend time on priorities, you're still going to get the stuff done that you're going to get done. And we're not talking about like, you're going like, to stop doing all the things so you can do something else. I mean, maybe, but there's no judgment here. You know, if you want to use these principles to work more, work more. If you want to use these principles to have more time with your family and have your work support it, do that. There's a lot of ways to do it. But for me personally, you know, I have a, I have a son that passed away and I have a brother-in-law that passed away at 21. Uh, you know, my son died as a, as a, a baby. Uh, my brother-in-law passed at, at 21. They're both named Gavin. And someone asked me, what'd you learn from your brother-in-law and your son passing away? Different times, different circumstances. And um, 
I called it Gavin's law, which is live to start, start to live. Meaning mm. when you live to start those ideas that are pressing on your mind, you really will start living. My, my son caught whooping cough, you know, per- pertussis. I remember being in the hospital and the nurse, you know, came in and, and we've been there for quite some time, several days. And the nurse said, you know, you need to stay the night. And my wife and I are like, we always stay the night. Like, what are you talking about? And she was just trying to cue us in. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is bad. And I remember they pulled out all the little wires, all the tubes out of his little body that they were filling him, you know, up with to keep him alive. Uh, but it was the end. And it, it's your worst nightmare as a parent, mm-hmm. obviously. And I remember I held him for a moment, handed him to my wife who rocked him in a rocking chair. I'm like on my knees, my hands on his little heart, just waiting for those last beats while we sing lullabies. And it was interesting because when we left the hospital empty handed, uh, uh, the world was dark and it made me and my wife, Natalie realize one, there's a stronger person inside of us than we realize to be able to handle something like that. Two, it's a tunnel, not a cave. It's okay to feel like crap. It's okay to be in grief. It's okay to lay in your bed. It's okay to watch Netflix. These, all these things are okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we also learned that there is a way to put purpose first, family first, personal stuff first, and to have your work support it instead of endlessly trotting down a number of steps. I mean, how often do we do 10 steps and all of a sudden the 11th step appears as our dream life? It doesn't work that way. You don't mm-hmm. bake a cake without sugar and expect sugar to be in it. You bake a cake with sugar and expect sugar to be in it. It's the same with our time. If you create a company expecting to have time for your family later, you will not have time for your family later. You have to bake in the time from the start. And that actually, ironically, crazily, paradoxically, actually helps your business grow because you remove yourself as the bottleneck and you start thinking creatively instead of, I have to go do this thing. I'm so sorry, everybody. We can't travel for six months on the road (laughs) or, or just this weekend, or we can't even go to the park. Instead of saying that you go, how would my work look if I were to do these things? In fact, I am going to do these things and create a forcing function that requires another level of thinking so that I can do this anyways. I'm not giving you exact instructions here. I'm just trying to explain like the possibility to be able to have more time. is not some weird cliche thing. You just have to actually bake it in from the start. You have to value your time, not time your values. I love that so much. And the cake analogy really helps me visualize that of like, yeah, duh, you wouldn't have you wouldn't bake a cake without sugar and expect sugar to be in it. Like it seems so simple when you say it that way, rather than like, I'm going to build this business and five years from now I'll have the time. But if it wasn't intentional from the beginning, then yeah. it's not going to happen. And, th- and that's why, it, that's why there's no, there's no judgment. Cause we've been taught to do it that way. Right. We've, been t- we've been taught to do it that way. My problem is that with some of my background, personally with our family, you know, also my wife had a stroke and lost her memory for some time. She got it back. We had foster kids for a couple of years that left, which was a horrible, wonderful experience, horrible when they left, you know, I have a son that got hit by a car. So when you all of a sudden realize that all the stuff about, Oh, what do you regret? What do you look back on? You know, what are you going to miss out on? When you start thinking about it that way, you go, wait, 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 what am I actually doing? 
I thought I'd have more time by, for my family by starting this business, but I've lost my entire life and my time to the business. Why? You cement systems that you will continue to use five years from now. You can't think that five years from now, you're suddenly going to walk away from that. You've cemented mm-hmm. systems of operation. So the idea is to actually cement systems of operation that support your personal time, support your personal goals, support your values. To make it real, like I started working from my phone um, 20 years ago. This is before Facebook. I don't think people understand this is before this is before social media was a thing, except for email. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and what it did is it wasn't easy, but it made me have to think, how am I going to get this work done while I'm traveling on the road in a car with my screaming children in the background from New York to San Diego to Mexico to, to Canada and then back down and then fly to Hawaii? How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. It's, like a, you, it's like a puzzle piece of like solving yes. the puzzle. Yes. So the idea is instead of doing the stick and carrot thing where the carrot's out there, because if you think about it, think about like a real carrot, it will get rotten. Also, the goals we have today are not the goals we want tomorrow, even though we think they're the goals we want tomorrow. For example, listeners, who were you 10 years ago? Think, literally think of the year 2012. Mm. You were a different person. You lived in a different place. You had maybe a different family circumstance. You had different money. You had different goals. You are not the same person today. So we illogically think that 10 years from now, 2032, that we want to be who we are or something, something fantastic that we want now. We think we're going to want in the future. We don't. That's why it's imperative to actually take that dream you want and put it in place now. First, the castle, then the moat. First, the purpose, and then you create a strategic and economic moat. These are the... Let me say it this way. Habits are cool. Strengths are cool. Goals are cool, but they're all tools. They're, they are not ends. They are means to a goal, the goal of the goal. So when you stop to think about that, you realize there could be a zillion goals, habits, and strengths that you could be using instead of the ones that you're using that actually aren't ever going to get you to where you want to go. So what makes me sad is when people work so diligently and so hard on something that will never get them the result they want. An acorn becomes an oak tree. Why are you planting something else? Mm. So what I hear is you've got to first get super clear on that purpose. Would you you agree? I, I, I would agree. And it's not that hard. If you were to think like, what's my personal, completely in a positive self care way, what's my personal goal? What's my goal for my profession, money, whatever? What's my goal for my family, each person in my family? What's my goal for like contribution to the world, like play, fun, things that excite me? If you narrow it down to like four main things, what are the chances that all the other hundred things you want to do are also going to fall into place? Yes, the one thing. (laughs) Right? Yes. So, so these, and then you can even, you can take those four and say, which of the one thing, which one would it be? And it's okay. These things can change, but this becomes your North star. So when you make decisions, you can make decisions from the goal, not toward the goal. To me, if you have a goal from experience, it's not a goal. It's a task. Yes. Goals live outside experience. 
Those are growth. <laughs> You're like blowing my right my mind right now. It's like the best way possible. This is like next level cool. It's just so. No, you're so yes. good. So, I mean, imagine if you have these four goals, you could write them down. You can put them on your phone as alerts, you know, on your iPhone, if you have one out there, guys, maybe it's other phones too, but you can change it from saying alarm to saying whatever you want it to say. Right. So I have my quote unquote alarms show up silently on my phone as an uh, alert, but silent with words at certain times of the day to remind me who I am, what I'm doing, how should I behave, think yes. at my goals. Right. Anyways, if you're to focus on those main things, all your decisions could be, will it lead me toward this thing or away from it? Will it help me achieve it now or not? And if you decide not to, it's still okay, but you're doing it consciously, not unconsciously. And you can change the goal or you can at least realize you're, you're making a diversion. In this sense, you crowd out distractions. So we're all distracted. I get it. And I get some people are more distracted than others. I get it. But the idea is when you put purpose first, family first, time first, it crowds out the distractions. So Parkinson's law, work expands to the amount of time given. If you have less time to get something done, you're still going to get it done. You're just going to get it done more efficiently, probably more effectively, and overall more effectually because it impacts your actual purpose. One more thing. Nobody is more productive than a procrastinator with an impending deadline. <laughs> I know that's a silly line. But when you realize how much you can actually get done when it comes down to crunch time, you can realize that you can stop saying to everyone, I can't do this when you want to, but you can say, I can't do this because you don't want to. I would say like, focus on what you like and want to do and then delegate, outsource and eliminate the rest. Everything still yes. gets done. But people hate their strengths. They're so good at something and they hate doing it. That's why they start a new business. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> the strengths right, right. are the most important thing because if we can double down on those, then it's only going to help everything work better. I'm a, I'm a fan of strengths. If one, they lead toward the actual goal you want, which a lot of times they don't. And I'm a fan of strengths if you still like doing them. If you don't like doing them, you get burnout. So you hire someone else to do that and you focus on the part you like. Well, I think it's that law of excellence. Like you're really good at something versus like the law of genius. Like when you're really good at it and you really love it versus like, you're just good at it. So I think everybody, it's important to get clear on that. Yeah, it's super clear. I mean, everybody, here's the thing is everyone's good at something, but this, but the whole like strengths tests things that we do they weren't designed to help us. I guess it's multidimensional, but they weren't designed to help us just like, oh, I'm going to be good at my strengths and double down. They were designed so that employers could stop moving people from one position to another. And now they have a reason to tell them they can't move. They were designed so that they don't have to spend any time or money teaching somebody anything. Oh, you're really good at laying bricks. You're really good at coding. Good luck. You're so, I'm so proud of you. You get to do that for the rest of your life. That's real. <laughs> I can't imagine so, that. Like, I love changing up things. Like, I can't imagine doing the same thing forever, day in and so, day out. I, I like the, uh, the variety. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's not about whether you're good at something or not. I think it's important for entrepreneurs to learn that their job isn't to do everything, it's to set things in motion. That's their job. Can you Architect, say that again? Can you say that again? Entrepreneur's <laughs> job is not to do everything, it's to set things in motion. That's the job of an entrepreneur. Okay. And when 
people do everything themselves, they're obviously going to get burnout. When they think they can't delegate, outsource, or eliminate things, they need to think again. They need to think again. Oh, I can't do it. Instead of saying, I can't do this, they can think, how can I do this thing without this bad thing happening by Tuesday? How can I do this thing without having to pay money for it? How can I do this thing with a trade? How can I do this thing? Do I need to do it at all? This changes the whole situation. Architects don't build buildings. They, they draw them. Oh, yes. So good. General contractors do not build buildings. They sub everything out. They don't even pick up a hammer unless they want to. Mm, that's the business I want every woman to build. Like that sounds so juicy and irresistible and also so much time freedom involved when you're not doing yeah. all the things. So the idea of anti-time management is just, you know, reclaim your time for around purpose, but also it's around flexibility, but flexibility is, it's a word we use. It's, it means a lot of things to different people, but balance, we, we strive for that, but it literally means motionless in physics. Balance means it does not move. That's not what you want. Nobody wants that. You just don't want to be moving backwards. You want to be moving forwards. So flexibility to me is three parts. It's availability. Are you available? Just because you have a million dollars does not mean you're available. Some of the most time poor people I know are extremely wealthy. <laughs> All right. So it's availability. It's ability, the ability to do it or to have someone else, you know, engage someone to help you make it happen. Okay. And the last one, it's all about autonomy which is about making, being able to make decisions without having to ask for permission or being able to make decisions while asking permission to people that you know, love and trust and you create this atmosphere. It's a virtuous upward spiral. So in that sense, flexibility, autonomy, availability, and ability, you can look at all the things you're doing and ask, could I drop everything right now and go? And it doesn't mean that responsibilities are, are bad. You, you, when you, Covey would say, when you pick up one stick, you pick one end of the stick, you pick up the other. So it's okay the responsibility you've, cho you've chosen. You have to decide like which ones are working and the ones I've already chosen, am I still committed to these? Yes. Or if not, can I delegate, outsource, or you know, stop doing it at all? What about for the woman that she's like listening and she's like, I understand everything you're saying. I know it's important. But like, give her the next three steps. Like, where does she go from here? Like, obviously read your book, duh. But yeah. what are the next steps? Like coach me, her for a hot second. Me, I'll make it, I'll make it real in two ways. First, first in the head and then in the hands. Okay. Just so everyone knows like strategies in the head, tactics are in the hands. Okay. This is how you can distinguish the difference. But the, the way to think about it, Aristotle called it final cause. The idea is that you, he had four causes. You let's say you want to make a table, you would need wood, you'd need like a design, you would need someone to make it, and then you'd have a table and that would be his final cause. But I look at that, I take it an, at least one step further, maybe it's the fifth cause, I don't know. But as far as final cause is concerned, I think final cause is not the table, final cause would be, and maybe he meant this too, the dinner around the table, the experience you're trying to create. So when you ask yourself, what is the job of the goal? I have a goal to make a million dollars. What's that? What's a million dollars going to do for me and for my family and for my clients? And in that sense, if you, if, if the goal, if the experience, if the atmosphere was really just 
have a wonderful dinner. I don't need to necessarily, this is all met- a metaphor, right? I don't need to go get some wood and design it and hire someone to make it or make it myself to have a table. I can freaking order Uber Eats. There is a truck down the street that's serving noodles. You know what I mean? Like you could, when you, when you realize that, you all of a sudden realize that all the stuff you're doing may be totally unnecessary. So you got to think one step further. Is the path the mountain? Sure. But is the goal to just be on the top of the mountain? In that sense, I don't know. Maybe there's an escalator. Maybe there's a helicopter. Maybe there's a donkey. Like there's a thousand different ways to get to the top. So you can struggle as much as you like or want to. It's a decision. And I get you're like, no, it's not a decision. Everything's hard. And you're like, I get that too. Like 100% get that too. It all, it, everything comes with something else, but don't limit your choices. So here's what someone could do like exactly. Something very simple to get their time back immediately. If you were to take a piece of paper and fold it in half long ways, and on the left-hand side, write down everything you do. Everything. Everything you do. I'm saying Everything. Personally, professionally, your family stuff, taking out the trash, you write it all down. What happens is you look at it and you go, oh, dang. And you go, oh, my gosh, on one half sheet of paper, this is my entire life. And we don't think of our life that way. We think of our life as our past. We think of our life as the present. And we think of our life as our future goals. But to everyone else, they don't see the past or the future. They see how we show up today. So then you circle the ones you like and want to do. This is the theme and put it on the right. Now you see all the things you're doing and then only the things you like and want to do that you're still doing on the right. And you see how imbalanced your life is going backwards. Then you, I call it EDO, EDO, eliminate, delegate, and outsource. Cross off the ones that don't have to be done actually. And you might be surprised there's more than you think. Things that wouldn't necessarily hurt anyone if they, they weren't done. You know, it's, it's whatever, it's done. Delegate, this does not mean pay someone. It means move that thing to someone else. You're not giving your trash to someone else. They might like this stuff. My, my accountant, I guess, likes playing with numbers and doing taxes. So there you go. You know what I mean? Like some people like things that other people don't. Although an accountant, that's someone I would probably pay. So outsourcing would be things you pay people to do. Okay. But if you were theoretically to do every single one, eliminate, delegate, and outsource every single thing that still needs to get done or not, but only do the things you like and want to do, your life would be balanced because you're only doing, think of it as a balance sheet, you're only doing the things you like and want to do. That's it. On, on the left, here's what I like. On the right, here's what I like. Now, it isn't perfect. And of course, you're going to still do things you don't necessarily like or want to do. I get it. But then on the right-hand side, you freed up 80% of your time. Now, you can, you can double down on the things you like and want to do and add in more things. You do that today, every single thing you eliminate, delegate, or outsource, you'll give yourself back. Not just the hours that it would take to do that thing, even though they're still getting done, you get back the bandwidth in your head. You know, well, I, I can't find anyone. I have to do it myself. I have to do it myself. I know. That's why you've been doing it yourself the whole time. I know that. And you don't have to like give it to someone and now, now become a manager or a micromanager and train someone. Now you, you find someone who's an expert at it. They already know what they're doing. They can do it better than you. Okay. Of course, there's always going to come up, but this, but what, but what if I got it? That's personal. And now you get to have the questions. So when you have better questions, you can get better answers and you can free up your time immediately. Like right now, I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm literally talking some of these things you can do today and you can create a business process that alleviates all as much as possible 
the stress, the things you don't want to do, and still get massive results. So on the book cover, I have like a little prism. And the idea is that one line, one decision creates tons of other desirable outcomes. One decision also eliminates a ton of other decisions that you don't have to make anymore. There you go. That was like an invoice me for that because that was like <laughs> gold. That was so good. So uh, your book's on pre-sale right now. Um, where can they go to buy it? How can we connect with you? Like, tell us all, all um, things. Go to richynorton.com and I'll have a link to, um, anti-time management there for Amazon and Barnes and, and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. You can Google it. I also have a thing called the 76 day challenge. You can just put your email in and for free, I'll, you know, kind of take you step-by-step step through having an idea and turning it into reality in a way that supports uh, your family and the things that you want to do. Of course, I'll have more things coming as the book uh, is released. So, you know, jumping in on that, you'll, you'll be able to get updates. And gosh, I just want people to have fun and, and be happy and live on purpose and live without regret and to learn. So whatever that means for you, uh, these principles are designed to work in a way that's timeless, um, regardless of what you're trying to do. Um, so so I, I hope that it can be helpful. Well, you've been so generous today. Obviously, they can connect with you on IG. You have so much value on IG too. Um, so we'll make sure that we link that in the show notes. But grab Richie's book. I cannot wait to order it. Do you send a cookie to people? I, in your bio, it looks like there's a little cookie and it says, let me know that you bought the book. Can we know the secret on that? Well, if someone DMs me and they buy the book, I, I usually send them something like real digitally send them something okay. really really cool um it, right there in the dm but now you're making me rethink that i need to actually send people cookies so that that might be a good idea <laughs> the i was like does he send cookies because that's epic it's actually a really really good idea <laughs> i love it well there you go. You gave us such a good idea. So maybe you'll add cookies to your business strategy, but make sure you delegate it. Make sure you're not sending the cookies. I'm like, I'm like making all these cookies, sending them from Hawaii. They're disgusting by the time they get there. I don't know. <laughs> well, you are amazing. Grab Richie's book. Thank you for all your time today. And I, I think this is going to serve and support so many women. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mahalo, as they like to no, say. Mahalo. And thank you so much. That was really fun. I appreciate it. You're awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, I will talk to you soon and um, share your biggest takeaway and make sure you tag me and Richie on IG.